Welcome to Pushing Through, the podcast that dives deep into the stories of pastors who have persevered through the toughest challenges in ministry and in life. Join us as we hear firsthand accounts of the struggles and triumphs that come with serving in ministry and the faith and determination required to push through difficult times. Our guests will share their personal experiences and offer valuable insights into how they have navigated through adversity and found strength along the way. This is Pushing Through. All right, there we go. I, we still, you know, this is the second technical episode we've recorded and I still don't know what I'm doing, but we learned something from the last time. So this is the first episode you're hearing, but I recorded an episode that you're going to hear in the future And uh, we learned something about audio. And so always learning, always improving. So hopefully this is going to sound better first. Then it might sound a little worse next. And then it's going to sound better again. All right. So this is this is how we're going to have to roll right now. But this is the best guest we will ever have on the show today. And it's not even a guest. All right. This is uh, this. I'm so excited because we're starting off this whole podcast with the story of me and my beautiful smoking hot oh. wife, <laughs> uh, Stephanie. And so I'm really, really excited that we get to share our story together. Stephanie will, uh, she won't be in every on every episode because she honestly couldn't care less to do this. I got too much going on. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm excited that she agreed to do this with me at least. And then there might be some... Special circumstances will have her on, but this is just like a hobby for me. So I am very grateful that she's here doing this with me right I'm now. Happy to support you, man. There you go. Uh, could you hear the smile? It was there. I know. It was I'm there. Joking. It I'm was joking. there. All right. So um, uh, pushing through. All right. Welcome. First episode. Uh, this is so fun. And I love this. Uh, I love this idea. And this is just my way of helping pastors stay in the game. Uh, I think if pastors and, uh, you know, co-leaders or pastors' wives, if their wives don't lead or whatever, can listen to other people's stories, it could help them stay in the game and help them push through. Uh, we actually last night at well, if one in the morning got home from <laughs> art conference, we planted our church Oasis church through Ark. You're going to hear all about that in a second. Um, and if it sounds like we're smokers, we're not. No, my just, voice is tired. Ooh. I sang and talked so much. Uh, and we got home late and it's our daughter's birthday today. And so we, we wanted to be home and wake up when she wakes up, us be home. And so, you know how you just talk like when, when you're really sleepy and tired and it just sounds, it's, it's, so I'm sorry, I don't smoke, but I sound like a smoker now. Anyway, I'm already rambling. It's a bad start, but I'm, I'm excited. So what we want to do is uh, we want to share our story because we have definitely had moments where we've had to push through. I mean, yeah. uh, that's what gave us the idea for um, this podcast mm-hmm. is because of our story. We were listening to other people's stories and we're like that. Sometimes it was like the only thing that we had to get us through. So yeah. I would like Steph, we, and okay. we haven't really planned a ton of this. We're just going to, we're going to wing it a little bit. Um, I would love for you to start talking about how we met okay. and kind of our journey a little bit just as friends okay. and to a couple and she couldn't live without me. That's a spoiler alert. That's just <laughs> what it was. But yeah. Okay. So I moved to Tennessee the summer before seventh grade and, uh, at the camp share service at the church that my family started going to, like we moved to the very beginning of summer. And like a couple weeks later, my parents were like, you're going to camp, get your butt on the bus and go. And so just a few, probably less than a month into moving to Tennessee, it was camp share service. I'm sitting in the balcony with a friend that I made at camp. We're chatting. And all of a sudden this kid in front of me turns around and goes, shut up. 
Rude. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, that kid was me. I just yep. want to tell you all right now. That Absolutely. And uh, so that was my first introduction to Clint Lambert. And as time went on, uh, he ended up moving to a neighborhood across the street from my neighborhood. And my mom started taking him to school and picking him up from school. And we just started doing life together. Our families run a small group together. Yep. And that's how we we got drug around everywhere. That's That's how we became. We were the only kids too young to drive ourselves. So we had to go to small group with our parents. And so we uh, we just became best friends. Became best friends, uh, liked each other for a little while. Then we dated our whole sophomore year. Once he could start driving, uh, we actually started dating and then, um, you know, broke up with him. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know how much of the story to share. Broke up with him. Our whole junior year was not great. Didn't have a lot of communication. No. And then um, we had know. some communication, but it was hostile. It was. It was. It was. Um, and then the summer before our senior year, Clint's best friend died. And I wanted to know how he was doing. God softened my heart to him. And so we started talking, um, asked him how he was doing at the visitation. That was our first conversation in like a year. Mm-hmm. Asked him how he was doing at the visitation and then one thing led to another we oh. started dating and we got married four years almost to the day later she could not resist this that's exactly right I see exactly even in right. high school I was still working it baby you know what I'm so <laughs> anyway so yeah we got engaged got married and uh I think it's important to note that the only jobs that we've ever had outside of Old Navy. Yep. Yeah. We Isn't that funny? We both separately both worked, worked at two different Old Navies. Yeah. But we both did that. But the only jobs that we've ever had full time are ministry jobs. Yeah. God called us individually, like in high school, called us both to full time ministry. Yeah. And so we, uh, this is the only world we know. Yep. And so we were at art conference, um, that, like I said, the last couple of days as of the recording of this, and they kept throwing out a statistic that like 40 something percent of pastors would do something else if they knew how to do anything, how else. to make money doing something yeah. else. Yeah. And that is, I mean, I'm sure that has been the only reason at times that I've stayed in ministries because yeah. I don't know. There was, go to college. There you know, was like, a time. There was a time. So our daughter turned eight. Our daughter turns eight today. When she, I was pregnant with her. We were uh, living away from our family, not in a great situation. And I looked at Clint and I was like, "Can you?" learn to be like a plumber or an electrician or something yeah. like, is there something, a manual job that you can learn to do that will get us out of ministry? Because she if this is ministry, I don't want to do it. Clearly had high hopes. Hey, you can make great money being a plumber. Okay. Not like a, you should be a CEO <laughs> or an actor, a comedian. I mean, anything, but a plumber. That's, yep. that's how she saw me. That's right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we've only done ministry and I, I, like I did not go to college. Stephanie did college cause she wasn't allowed to get married to me yep. without graduating. That's college. right. My dad so, wouldn't pay. <laughs> uh, Thanks for that dad. Yeah. So we, um, so I didn't do college. I've literally, since I was a sophomore in high school has, I've been receiving some sort of paycheck from a church, yeah, uh, for ministry, and Might so have been fifty bucks, but uh, yeah, it was, it there. was very small, uh, arguably slave labor, you know. <laughs> um, but we—that's uh, all we've known, and so ministry is really the only option that we've had in a sense. Like I don't know about you, but I've never. I've never thought about doing anything else with my life. No, you know, like it's this never is been just, an option. And, and now there's definitely a calling involved with that that I had when I was in middle uh, the eighth grade. Uh, at, I could take you to the exact pinpoint spot yep. where that happened with me. Um, and so there's definitely a call on my life or at an early age and just started walking in that and God began to bless it yeah. at an early age and God put us in the perfect church at the perfect time. Yeah. All those things. Um, and love our upbringing. There's some things about now about our upbringing that I'm like, 
okay, uh, we don't maybe believe some of the same things mm-hmm. or follow the same traditions or we've left that denomination now. But it's what God used to make but us But not for are. any bad reason. No. It was just the we, foundation. Yeah, it was our foundation and we grew and the journey God had us on like took us to different places. So um, we get married really young. We yeah. have kids really young. I was, I had just turned 22. I was Steph- 21. Stephanie had, had turned 21 and uh, she graduated in December and by the end of January we're married. Yep. And uh, let me just tell you, let me encourage some people out there. Our first year of marriage was our worst year of marriage. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with us knowing each other for so long and knowing each other so well, but not crossing the threshold of now we have a life together. Mm -hmm. We live together. And the thing that like we found cute about each other or endearing was like, I'm going to murder you Absolutely. and I'm going to smother you with a pillow while you sleep. If you leave your socks on the ground, that was, that was to me. me to him uh-huh. yeah, for sure. And I, I was really bad about that then. He's so much better now. I am. Thank you, baby. And we just were, we couldn't communicate. We fought to kill. Oh my god. We gosh. fought for blood. Like we both, I mean, claws out, uh, man. You know, I load the dishwasher wrong and it was like, I, you would think I smacked her. I mean, it was insane. And then she would do, she would do something so dumb and I would get mad and we just weren't good. And, you know, there's a couple things in life that are what I call magnifiers. Um, and they magnify what's already there. Marriage is one of those. Money is another one of those things. Uh, stress is another one of those Mm -hmm. things that just, if you got something in you, it's going to come out. It's going to magnify when you get married, when you have kids, when you add money to it and all that stuff. Um, and so we were really bad at communicating. We were immature and selfish. Oh, my. So bad. Yeah. And But, like, also, we all, I always felt like we had to have that appearance of, like, looking good. Because we, oh. we were the couple that met little high school sweethearts at our church and like we were on staff lead, and I was leading worship yeah uh, you were on, you were on, uh, an administrator oh yeah um, yep I was and, an assistant yep and so you know I I just always felt this pressure from church. Like I, we can't really share mm-hmm. that we're struggling, yep. but in the midst of the first year and we were arguing fighting to kill um, not happy like we are now didn't love each other well we thought let's have kids (laughs) you know like let's a baby that's like putting like gasoline on a fire honestly honestly and you're never ready to have kids you know obviously but like let's have kids you know this is (laughs) gonna be so good and um so we actually tried was the first time months we tried for that long the first one i can't which when you're young you feel like that's forever because like you grow up and you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. one time you could get pregnant. So you're like, oh, okay, well now I'm trying. So like, oh, this is yeah. totally going to work. I mean, yes. It, that's why. Oh, never mind. See, <laughs> censor. <laughs> yeah, I have to censor myself. I'm tired right now and that's dangerous. Um, I have to remember, I'm not talking to you. I'm nope. talking to everybody. Right yep. Now. The world. Um, <laughs> and so we ended up six months trying to get pregnant yep. and I mean, so happy. Shared it with our families, our parents, and all those things. And I remember I was at church on a Sunday morning before she had gotten there. And uh, she called me and was in a panic. Yeah. I mean, I woke up and I was by myself and I went to the bathroom and I realized things weren't right. Um, And I called my doctor and they were like, well, if you're losing the baby, there's nothing we can do for you. Um, So, you know, just rest today and come in tomorrow and we'll take your blood and see what's going on. And so we just had to sit there Mm -hmm. all day long and wait. And uh, our church family was amazing. Yeah. We had great friends. That was actually, we just crossed the anniversary of this. Yeah. Uh, uh, last week. Yeah. Last five week. days ago. Uh, how many years ago? 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And we ended up losing that baby yeah. uh, to miscarriage. And it's a really just complex thing to walk through. Uh, Stephanie was experiencing that obviously a lot differently than I was. And we were so bad at communicating that, like, 
I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. We'd been married for like a year, you know, <laughs> right. and, uh, we were I still know. young, 20, 22 and 23 at that point. And still immature, so, yeah. you know, so, uh, I remember it was hitting her harder, but I always felt like I needed to be strong for her. But when I would drive in the car by myself or I would see a dad with a little girl, I would, it would mess me up. And so it was, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, people that walk through that. It's so tragic. It's sad. But that was the thing God used to bring us together. Yeah. I would never change it. No, never. Um, and that like that turned our worst year of marriage into a great marriage. It really set the trajectory for where we are now. It did. And we learned how to, we learned that like we're on the same team. Yeah. It, it was the realization of like other people have lost babies and other people can tell me how their, their grief was and how they experienced that loss. And it was similar, but Clint was the only one that had lost this baby. Like mm-hmm. we were the only ones in the whole world in the history of forever that have had lost the same baby. Yeah. Like, and so it just connected us in a, different way and God used that. It did. And bad things can do that to people. Yeah, exactly. It can force you to be on the same team so that you can get through it because you can't get through that alone. Mm-mm. You got to get through that together. Mm-hmm. And even as I'm talking, I'm realizing now that was the beginning of a seed being planted in us that would help us walk together oh, yeah. through this journey. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't yeah. like really put those together, but that is so Absolutely. true. Uh, yeah, because we're the only ones in the world that yeah. are planting Oasis Church. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And it's uh, and now, like, our marriage, I mean, it is not perfect. Uh, we both, Almost. I'm just uh, joking. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm waiting on her. And I've, I've arrived. Uh, it's not perfect, and we have... A lot of things to work on. We're always going to improve. And I'm sure there are seasons ahead of us that are going to be tough and and all those things. But like, I can't imagine like from one, I can't imagine my life without Stephanie in it because it's you've been outside of my family. And even with some complex things that's happened in my family uh, in my past, the most consistent thing in my life other than God. Yeah. And so doing this with a strong marriage, doing this with um, a person that I know is not going to leave, you're you're very loyal, is I don't know if there was I would be able to push through without that. So Mm. um, it's been really awesome. So I don't want to get into every detail of like our ministry story. That really was the start of it. Yeah, I think that helps us. kind of set the foundation, but I've been in worship my entire life since mm-hmm. eighth grade until 2020. Yeah. I was a, in worship for the most part. And I was a pastor's wife. Yeah. Or when we moved to another church, which we'll get to into a second, um, you know, leading in kids ministry yeah. and doing those sorts of things. Um, but we ended up leaving the church we had grown up at. And that was a really great uh, thing for us because mm-hmm. we needed to kind of spread our wings, mm-hmm. fly a little bit and, you know, just see what you're made of sometimes. And that's, right. that's just kind of how we felt. So we moved to a church in Knoxville. We were there for about a year and that wasn't um, a great experience for us. And, you know, the older I get, the more mature I get, uh, I look back on that experience and see, like, if I could go back and redo that on my, uh, with me and change how I acted mm-hmm. at that It'd church. It would probably be a different experience. Oh, yeah. Um, we were, we, it was, we were essentially a, a square peg in a round hole. Yep. Never going to fit in exactly yeah. right. And it was just a culture thing yeah. at the end of the day. And I was very arrogant. I was coming in as a, a know-it-all. I'm gonna save this yeah. thing. Which didn't even need to be saved. No. I mean, it was very prideful, very arrogant of me. And then there were some other outside things out of my control. Um, and Stephanie wasn't working at all. Mm-mm. But we had gotten pregnant with our second kid there, had our second baby there. And just to be quite honest with you, um, I, I would, I would probably feel differently if this were happening today. But at that time, being more immature than I am now, I ended up being kind of miserable there toward yeah. the end for various reasons. And um, I had we've been connected uh, with this church called Christ Fellowship from uh, a previous church. And 
loved that church. I actually applied at that church and didn't get a job there. And, and then so, he applied again and he hadn't heard back. And I was like, man, you got to drop it. You're going to be the weirdo. That's just like, yeah. please pick me. Please pick yes. me. <laughs> Help me. Um, and so I was literally about to get on stage and lead worship at a college thing that I led worship for. The week Ellie was born. The Yep. And the guy, his name's Greg Reed. If you're listening to this, Greg, you changed my life with this phone call. Um, and he said, you know, hey, I'm changing positions and I can I, I, I like you're the guy. I want you to come and do this. Is that something you're interested in? And I said, Greg, I would probably walk there tomorrow. <laughs> but my wife is having a baby any day. And literally like 48 hours later, yeah. Ellie's born. Yeah. And six weeks after that, we're on a plane headed to South With Florida. Newborn Ellie. Interviewing. I didn't know Christ Fellowship no. Like I do now then no. for sure. And so that, you know, we showed up there as a week long interview process and we knew like God's called us here. I think this is going well. I was walking in skeptical. super skeptical. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. my nature. I'm always, it takes me a while to trust people. It takes me a while to trust new situations. And I had grown up Baptist, Southern Baptist, and this church was not. And it was not a denominational. Not, it was not a denominational. Yeah. I had never heard of the pastor before. Uh, I hear there's a woman pastor. I'm like, excuse me. Anything you're saying. No, right now? I no, can't. I remember asking Clint, like, why is it okay that there's a woman pastor? Like, how can they do that? We can't go there. That's not biblical. <laughs> and and like, I'm saying, do not say any of I know, that I know. during so, the interview. So I'm walking in. We get there on a Saturday afternoon. We go to Saturday night service. And within the first 10 minutes... I know this is where we're supposed to be. I, I, I'm still skeptical, yeah. but I know that that's where God wants us to be. When you experience the Holy Spirit moving at a church, and not to say that that wasn't as that wasn't present at all at our previous churches, but it was different yes. here. I, it was. I can't explain it. No. Um, and you just we just knew. Yep. We we want to be a part of this, you know. Yeah. So we go through the whole interview. They end up offering us a job, which is another story for yeah. another time. But but we got there. We did. We got there, and it was for us honestly a major step of faith mm -hmm. financially. Uh, it didn't make any sense on paper. No. And I I cannot stress to you how pivotal this church. It was Christ Fellowship, West Palm Beach. Pastors Todd and Julie Mullins <laughs> and Julie. <laughs> it was. God, we needed to be there. Yeah, absolutely. God changed our lives majorly mm -hmm. at this church. We came in broken. We came in hurt. We came in like we I remember going to staff meetings every week and there's 500 staff members here, you know, and first of all, I'm like. That's insane to say <laughs> right now. At that time, though, we'd only worked at big churches. Yeah, so, so it wasn't it wasn't that crazy. It was big, but we're like, okay. If this is just a big church, yeah. you know, and every staff meeting, we would hear the good reports on people getting healed, Gosh. miracles happening, just amazing stories of God. And in the back of our heads, we're like, when's the, the other shoe going to drop? Right? Even I remember our very first, we, we lived in a hotel for the first week while our apartment was getting ready, which is a whole other thing about our apartment. But our, our moving, like our moving van truck wasn't going to get there for a couple of days after our apartment was ready. Mm -hmm. And we were like, whatever, that's fine. We'll make pallets on the floor. It's not a big deal. It's okay. And Clint went to work one Saturday night and Pastor Julie saw him and said, how are you guys doing? And he was like, we're we're great. We're in our apartment. Our stuff gets here. I think it was maybe like tomorrow. Like it wasn't that it was big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and she said, well, do you guys have everything you need? Yeah, we're fine. We got some blankets and some pillows. Like we're going to, you know, camp out on the floor. She's like, well, you can't do that. And she sent somebody to her house to get us some air mattresses and some extra blankets and stuff. And looking back, that's <laughs> just who Pastor Julie is. That's just who she yes. is. And like it was that it was that moment that really started a healing process in me to be mm -hmm. able to trust pastoral leadership again. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was it was insane. And um, we just hadn't heard stories of pastors, especially pastors of really large churches. Mm -hmm. 
caring for their people yeah. that well. Yeah. And this was, and the, and the other shoe never dropped. Yes. I was always, I was always waiting to see pastor Todd yell at somebody or to hear him speak negatively about a Behind situation. Yeah. I was always waiting mm. to hear those stories or see the things for myself because that's, that was my experience. Mm. And it never happened. No, in fact, to this day yeah, has not happened. This Christ fellowship was the type of place that the more you were there and the longer you're there, the more you respected the leadership, yes. the more yes. you want The culture was healthy and it helped us believe in the church again. Yeah. And through that process, God began to just change us. There was a lot of uh, miracles that God did in our life, Absolutely. which so if many. we had time to share we're, we're already 25 minutes <laughs> in, you know, and I don't, we, we could talk for three hours about the things that God podcast. did in our lives. But like, for instance, we were given five cars uh, when we worked there from different people. Uh, God provided for us financially miraculous. People would come up to us at our campus and be like, God told me that you need $718. That's yeah. just a number I'm pulling out of my head, but and it was stuff that like to the number that yeah. we needed. Um, Clint had to have a major nasal surgery, like sinus surgery. And he just mentioned it at a thing one night and somebody came up to him and said, Hey, we're gonna pay for it. God, God told us that we're going to pay for it. So let us know what it's going to be. And we'll write you a check Boom. like thousands of dollars. And I, that grew our faith. Absolutely. I, I can't no. describe how much that grew our faith, but it was during a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we had never done until we were on staff Uh-oh. of that church, that God began. 2018. Yep. God began to work in, in my heart first. And <laughs> I had felt God prompting me, hey, I, I, I want you to start a church. You being you and Stephanie, I want y'all to start a church. And we thought we were going to die at Christ Fellowship. Oh, I was. We were going to be campus pastors and live happily in South Florida the rest of our working days. you hear that, Tom days. Julie? <laughs> we were going. That's what. <laughs> no, so that was just my yeah. my that thing. Was like how that we was saw it going. that's what it was going to be. We were going to serve faithfully. We could serve at a campus, and mm-hmm. it was going to be wonderful. There's forever. no way I would leave that church. No, it was too good. It was home. And God began. He planted that little seed, and I. It took me a few days, but I approached Stephanie about it and was like, hey. I had just had another baby. Oh, so yeah. we it had a third yes. final baby. Um, and Stephanie, at this point, I had gone on this journey there because I was going to the leadership college. Mm-hmm. Stephanie was more at home with the kids. And, and by and, more at home, he means totally at home. Yeah, and then which you is were fine. working a little bit. I hadn't started yet. Oh, okay. I hadn't started. Yeah, I, I had taken a whole season. Oh, being a mom. Uh, yeah, and honestly... Honestly, I didn't know. I knew that God had specifically called me to ministry my summer between sophomore and junior year of high school. But in the denomination we grew up in, there wasn't much for me yeah. besides we grew being up Baptist, yeah, we grew Baptist. up Southern Baptist. There wasn't much for me besides being a children's director, a woman's minister, an assistant or a pastor's wife. And I didn't necessarily feel settled in any of those. And so I had taken some years off to stay home with my babies and I was doing a Beth Moore study at Brooklyn Water Bagel Company. And God just started showing me that it was time to step back in. Yeah. Like it was time to go back. And I'll say this, uh, women in leadership for us is an open-handed issue. It's something we believe women can be pastors, should be pastors. I believe that's what the Bible teaches. Um, but people that don't believe that it's not a make or break for us. Um, and so even though that wasn't our upbringing did not believe that we still love our upbringing and appreciate a lot of the things about yeah, it absolutely. and respect how they view scripture. And that's yeah, fine. And it was just a season of me trying to figure out like, well, what does ministry look like for me? Yeah. Like, what am I? Cause, because at Christ fellowship, my eyes were open to like, what? wow, there's more for me. I don't me. have to do expense reports. Yes. And, and that are not it, my yeah. strengths. There's more for me as a woman than to just be put into this box. So what does it look like? And so God gave me the green light to go ahead. Um, and then I got pregnant with Lucy. So I, I stepped yeah. back again. Uh, and then as I was pregnant, I got an offer to come back full time mm-hmm. at Christ fellowship. 
fellowship as one of the campus, like one of the coordinators of the kids ministry. And I was like, okay, I don't do kids ministry, but I do adults that do kids ministry. So I'm in. And, you know, like that was huge, but it was different than the capacity that you were leading at. Yeah, I was doing uh, at one point. I was the full-time worship pastor, full-time student pastor, and a full-time student. And we had a baby. Yeah. Well, we had a baby and a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Uh, yes. Everybody was It home. was wild. And I, I mean, was working full-time. I look back at that time and be like, I was crazy. It was too much. Um, and so we ended up praying through this. And I approached Stephanie and was like, hey, I think God might be calling us to plant a church. And she couldn't see past snack time that no. day in the future because you know how it is being a mom, being a parent of young kids. I mean, it's just like you're just surviving. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to not to drown, you know. Well, and in my mind, I'm I love security. I love safety. And like we had already moved from our family. We had already removed ourselves from that situation. And over the previous four years, we had created a new family and I didn't want to move from them. I was like, no, I'm settled. I'm here. I don't want to move away from everything I know to do something like that. So I committed to pray about it. Mm-hmm. I did not agree. Yeah. And God didn't tell her no. <laughs> that, that was it. That was it. That was it. So, yeah. I said, he didn't say no. But the the feeling began, I'm going to move forward a little bit. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. feeling began to grow. We, we, one thing we did well, and I'm proud of is we left well. Yeah. And, um, and so we, we went to Pastor Todd and Julie super early in the process and After just that. invited him in. Yeah. And they were like, you have to get to art conference. And uh, I was like, great. When is it? And they're like, well, we just got back last week. So we waited a whole year. <laughs> feeling grew. We went to art conference 2019. Um, and I, uh, in the theater. Yeah. Right at, where we were sitting at the session yesterday morning. Mm-hmm, where, uh, God began to confirm in us you're going to plant a church. You're going to go back to your hometown mm-hmm. and you're going to do it there. And so that began the process of planting a church. And so if you're not familiar with the art, at least this is what the process was when we were going through it. Um, you fill out an application. There's a lot of miracles that happen there. Um, we filled out an application. We get accepted. And then we got invited to the training intensive October. At, in October of 2019. And God had already spoken to us like, okay, you're going to move and you're going to plant in August of September, September, I'm sorry, of 2020. Which meant we had to be there in March 2020. And Pastor Todd looked at us and when we told him the the timeline God had given us, he said, but do you think you guys can like stay for Easter? Did you maybe like push it back? And we said, no, God said March 2020. We have to be there. And it wasn't any other thing than other. We just needed time to build our team. Yeah. And And God needed to get us there at the beginning of March 2020. So we literally moved. Um, on leap year, on leap day. So February 2019, February 29th, 2020. We pulled we in. We move. And we were so excited. So excited. I mean, it was like we had been building our dream home. And we were finally getting ready to move in. And we had really like made the plans for it. Oh, like we had the blueprints for it. We were like getting the the structure built, like the framing it, of it. It was just stuff. like it was there and it was just Absolutely. ready for the taking. Yeah. And y'all know what happened. I mean, March rolls around. We haven't we weren't able to move into the home we have now uh, that we rent now. And we were living with another family. We had six kids. Six kids under seven six. Seven and under. No, Ruben had oh, just turned yeah, seven. You're right, right. Seven and under. And we were living in this house. While we're living at this house, the world shuts down. Yeah. And so um, it was like then we were watching this dream home burn down in yeah. front of our eyes. And um, it was really really hard for me harder for me mm-hmm. i think than it was for stephanie because i think stephanie's mind went to our family the mm-hmm. kids my mind went to i just moved not me but like yeah. i felt this way i just moved our family away from security yeah. i moved our family away from an amazing church yeah a work I, of god like god I moved yeah. our family away from a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. Our kids loved that church. We loved that church. And 
I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was irrationally fearful of getting COVID. Pers- yeah. I, so I'm being honest, like it was a lot to process. And I started to really struggle, really struggle with anxiety. I really started to struggle with depression. Um, I mean, I, I feel like. I began to emotionally unravel. Yeah, for sure. Really for quickly. sure. You did. You did. Stephanie, at one point, was it like, was hard to watch. Go call Joe. Joe was yeah. my, my counselor in Florida. And I, I was like, dude, I am, and I'm just talking to Joe. I'm like, I don't, and I, it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, and so the question then began how do we build a team, a launch team, when we can't be together? Mm. And so, that was a big deal. Like when you start a church, you want a team of people to start it with you so that you can grow. They're inviting their friends. Like this was you, the you whole. You need people to make church happen. Yeah. Who's, who's going to open the door? Who's going to do kids ministry? Who's going to make the coffee? Who's going uh-huh. to set up the chairs? Like who are go- we, the two of us can't do all of those things at once. And I've never, I've never been a preacher. Yeah. I, I've never, you know, so it's just, it was intimidating. And then. It also felt like ARC was amazing to us, by the way. Uh, I You're not going to find people that love ARC more than Stephanie no, and I. I love it so much. And um, they were amazing. They were doing everything they could to help us. They're putting us on calls with people. Other ARC pastors were helping. We, we were never alone. I just want to be really no. clear. But... There, every other pastor there in America. There were 900 other ARC churches going through so similar things. So it was like, what were you doing? Oh, we did this. Okay, I'll try that. Didn't work. What are you doing? And so everybody was trying everything. So in a sense, it felt like we were alone just like everyone else because no one knew what to do. So there was no one to go to. Our whole, whole thing is there's a playbook. You run the playbook. You, you win. Large. Like that's yeah. what you do. And so we had to take the playbook and literally Just throw it throw away. It away. Mm-hmm. There was no playbook anymore. And so we began to do this. And I remember fi- we did interest parties online. Oh my gosh. The God provided. This isn't yeah. even our pushing through moment, guys. No, no. <laughs> but God began to miraculously provide. We ended up meeting our budget, exceeding our launch budget that we originally had before we knew COVID was a thing. Yeah. Um, and we had built a launch team. I think it was more around 80 people, 60, 80 um, people. It was, it I don't was, even remember I because think it, was it was so weird. Like 50 adults and probably like close to 75 or 80 with kids. Yeah. And so um, we actually started our church online. And if I'm being honest, if I could go back, I don't think I would do that. But at the time we were we were making decisions based off what we knew. And that's just what we knew. Learned a lot during that season. And so we started our church online. It was going okay. Um, it looked great, sounded great, like all that was good. Um, but our problem was we could not find a place that would let us meet there. Nowhere. And schools weren't having it. Um, I there's a lot of places that have went out of business near us. I called them, they they wouldn't rent to us and or it was just astronomical oh, rent. Crazy. And I was even trying to go, hey, can we just pay you? We'll load in and load out on Sundays and you yeah. can still show your building. And if you lease it, we'll leave. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to do anything. And nothing was working. And I re- it was we had put a deadline on ourselves October at the end of October of 2020. If we we needed a place to meet by then, because then we needed to get ready to launch in person in 2021. It was really just a faith thing of like, well, it it was God. We are going to meet in person in January 2021. Uh We are going to. We're doing it. And we need a place by the end of October to get this going. Like, you have to. I was knocking on doors. I was calling people, praying. Um and Halloween happens on October 31st and we had nothing. And literally on November 1st, I wake up to a Facebook message from a person I'd never heard of before named Jason Baugh. And he said, you know, you don't know me, but I want to offer our church to you to meet at on Sunday nights. For is free. that some, yeah? If that's for free, is that something you'd be interested in? 
And I called Jason immediately. I didn't even know who he was. I called him and I said, uh, we're coming. Can we come over right now? We packed our kids up in the car and went over. Went over there. And I, I mean, I'm looking around this facility. I'm like, this is amazing. And Jason was a new pastor at that church. And our ad or something came across his Facebook in the middle of the night. And God spoke to him and said, offer them your building for free. And so we took him up on that offer, ended up being a great partnership for us. And so we started meeting January 2021 in person yeah. at the spike of the Delta variant. Yeah. Heck yeah. Again. Um, but we, we, God did it. We did it. You God know? Did yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, it happened. Yeah. And so this is where the hard stuff starts. Absolutely. And Gosh. this is where we kind of get to our pushing through, uh, story. If that wasn't enough, you know, but we weren't at our wits end yet. No. And so we start because everything was going to start in January. January was going to fix everything. Uh, All of the hard parts were going to be over once we could just meet in person. Yeah. And so we start meeting in person. We actually had like 120 something people show up. Yeah. Our first service during a really bad COVID spike again here. I was. It was great. At four o'clock. And yeah, we met at 4 p.m. on Sundays at another church. And uh, I re- I'll never forget your launch day is not the worst and most stressful day of planting your church. Week two is the worst. So much more. Because you're like, how many of these people are going to come back? Yeah. You know, and so I I remember the second week we were worshiping and I purposefully wasn't looking back behind me because I didn't want to know. And I remember getting on stage and seeing that like quite a few people came back. I don't remember the number, but quite a few people, it looked full in the room and I started to cry up there and I was like, this is amazing. Well, fast forward a little while and we had uh, grown that team from 120 all the way down to like 18, 20, something like Sometimes that. Sometimes on a good week, about 32. Yeah. And over the course of that year, our team shrank, 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 shrank. People stopped coming. Um, and it was the worst time in ministry I think I'd ever had. And by far the worst time in ministry I've ever had. But... It was like that whole year leading up and the disappointment of it not being what we wanted it to be. All of that kind of caught up to us at one point. And I remember thinking like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. And we're better than this. Like, it's humiliating mm-hmm. to set up your church with your team. And nobody show up. Not a single person. And it didn't just happen one time. Yeah. It was it was more common than not for the people who got up there to pray and set up to be the only ones who came to church that day. Yeah. That happened almost every week. And if a new person showed up, God love them because we were probably I mean, so attacking weird. Attacking them. What, uh, who are you? you know? And I'm not saying God did. There's still people at Oasis that God brought during that season. He did. When I think the lady that leads our prayer team, God bless you, Kim. I love your whole family. There's so many God stories we could share. Mm-hmm. Like they're not just Kim and Josh, but there's, there's, there are people. Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea. The Smiths. Yeah. yeah. There are, there are amazing people who are part of Oasis now because of that season. So the yeah. season was not wasted. Absolutely. But it, was hard. It was necessary. Yes. Looking back now. So I remember, I'm going to let you share your part of this, but I was so tired. I was so depressed. I was having guys anxiety attacks that I thought I was having heart attacks or something weird. And I went to the doctor. At one point I was driving my car by myself on a long trip and I had an episode and had to turn around and come home. And I didn't know what was going on. You were like on, nervous to drive for a while. I was. I didn't because I didn't want to have like I didn't know what it was mm-hmm. at that point. It was stress. Anxiety attacks. Anxiety, panic, uh, all those things. Um, and I, again, didn't know how to do anything else. So I felt stuck. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I don't like feeling stuck. And there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Oh. There, there was no other option still. There there was no, like, we felt like Moses. We felt like Moses and we were like, okay, God, we we followed you. We're here. Now, where else are you going to take us? Because it can't, this can't be it. Mm-hmm. Like, what's next? And having to try, this is what leadership is, by the way. Um Having to try and motivate your team when you aren't motivated is the worst Mm -hmm. because it feels so fake. In some ways, it can be fake, you know. And I remember we just clung to Galatians 6, 9, you know, do not grow tired. Do not grow weary in doing what is good because at the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Mm And I remember preaching all the time, hey, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep doing this. At some point, God's going to bless us. And, you know, we we did a lot of things wrong. We were trying to act like our church was a big church. Yep. Because that's all we knew was yep. big church. The Christ smallest Christ church we had ever been at was like 5,000 people. <laughs> yeah. So we were trying to act like that as a small church. And yeah. it was just awkward. It was weird. And um, that so there's a lot of stuff I'll go back and do. But we were always, we've always been generous. Yep. God always provided for our family. Yeah. But those things are hard to see when you're so miserable. And I remember one week, I think we had 15, 18 people, something embarrassing. Yeah. And people would ask me, how's your church doing? And I'm like, I just lie. Great. <laughs> how, how many run? Oh, not as many as we, I never answered that question because I was so embarrassed yeah. and ashamed of it. And I remember it was October. And we had both wanted to quit at separate times. Yeah. Regular, not regularly, but there had we been plenty of trading. times where yeah. like I would be super down and Clint would be like, God's got it. God's good. This is going to be, this is going to work. And then like, you know, we would switch positions and I'm like, no, it's going to be awesome. God's faithful and whatever. And then this night in October, after church, both of us were done. Mm-hmm. We were both done. I can't tell you what the trigger was. Like I don't remember. I don't know what the trigger was, but I know I sat down on our mantle and I wept. I wept and I said, God, I need you to release me. Because we heard this week, you can't uncall yourself. If you've got a call of God on, on your life, God has to release you. And I knew that in my spirit. And I said, God, I need you to release me from this. I need to be done or something has to change. I cannot keep doing what I'm doing. And I was ready to, to pack up and move back to Florida. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was done. And this was it. And I felt the same way. Stephanie just had the courage to voice it. <laughs> um, and I didn't know how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me was like, I know. And then part of me was like, uh, no, I can't. I don't know what to do. Like, I, you know, I've, we've, uh, I don't know who would hire us or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm thinking, and I don't even know what I'm thinking. I just hated it. It, it felt like we were in a fire that could, we couldn't leave, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, freaking refiners fire. I guess that's what <laughs> it was. It was. Insane. But we, that was the moment. Yeah. And we looked at each other that night and I remember, both of us, I'm sure we're crying. I don't remember. Mm. I, I, I'm so emotionally numb at this point that yeah. um, I probably wasn't crying. It's probably mad. I'm really <laughs> angry during this whole time, too, which I just got to preach on. So yep. out of experience. Mm. But um, I remember we decided we, we knew that we were going to keep going. Yeah. God wasn't releasing us. But if we were going to keep going, things had to change. And that's what God had to change. God had Mm -hmm. to change us. He had to change our expectations, our motives, our desires, our vision for what Oasis was in that season. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted it to be something that it just wasn't. And that dissatisfaction was sucking our souls dry. And I want to say this uh, at this point is... I think, I know, me and Stephanie were the only people feeling that way at our church. Yeah. Our team was and is amazing. Yeah. And they stuck by us. They would show up and set up when no one else would. With smiles on their faces and encouraging us, Uh, speaking life to me. Giving financially, being faithful in that. Um, Like... That for me is 
I, I will always be grateful for that. And a lot of these, uh, really a lot of these people from this point on are still with mm-hmm. us. There are very few not with us now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we were like, something's got to change. And so we decided to accept where we were. Yep. We're a church of about 20 people. Yep. And that's okay. And I'm going to pastor the crap out of these people. We are going to shepherd the sheep that God has put into our flock. Yep. And so that's what we began to do. So we literally... I mean, we're having people over to house all the time. I decided forget all of the sermon series I have planned. I'm preaching on core values and vision. Culture, 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 every culture. Every week. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus, culture. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> service. Here's where we're going next year. All right. You know, Easter. Praise the Lord. He rose from the dead. Here's who we are. Come on. And so, like, it was just culture. Culture. Here's why we do what we do. And what I know now is God was using that time in the fire to take away the impurities that yes. was in our hearts, our and selfish our ambitions, and making it who we are today. Mm-hmm. And we're not a mega church by any means. And I don't care. Nope. I love our church. That, the joy that I have every Sunday morning, Unbelievable. I. I there was a point of my life where I didn't know if I would ever get that back. Uh-huh. Like I didn't know if I would ever look forward to church again. So like when I'm able to wake up on a Sunday morning and get excited to go be in the house of the Lord, like with that's, our people. Yes, that's it's a miracle. And so uh, we ended up knowing we needed to leave that church. Yeah, four o'clock was not working on Sunday in the Bible nights. Belt. Yeah, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. And honestly, that church to me is our Red Sea moment. Yeah. Um, and I I love that place. Mm-hmm. It's special to me now. Um, but we knew we needed to move. And so we actually, the God story, um, found a place that would let us meet there. It's a senior adult community center. God bless you, Julie White. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. Um, and... She opened their doors to us at an unbelievable rate. We went to her. We thought that we, we, I had forgotten about this. I know what part of the tipping point, we were going back to the school that we were originally going to be in. And we had gone, we had driven to South Carolina and back in 24 hours with a whole trailer full of stuff. And on the way back, we got an email saying, Hey, you can't meet here. And this is like November. Yeah. It was, no, 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 no. no. It was August because we were supposed to be doing it in September. And so then like, it was just like, what? And so we had like, you know, figured out how much the school was going to cost us. And we took this to Julie. We took that number to Julie. Julie, not Mullins. No, 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 no. Julie at the senior center. And we said, this is how much we can afford a year. Is that okay? And she looked at us super quiet, kind of like, you know thinking about something and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to say no. She's trying to tell us up no. And she said, I think that's too much. Let's cut it in half. Yeah. And we just I said, this is the best negotiation I've ever had. I know. And so we began the process of essentially relaunching our church. I I don't like using that term because that's not really what it was. But as far as it, it, we we called it a grand opening. At it a was new a new location. time, new place, new feel. Yeah. Like we were and new mindset. Yeah. And so we ended up moving to this location on Sunday mornings, ten o'clock, one nine seven Imperial Boulevard. Come on. <laughs> um, and that changed everything. Everything. And that moment in October. When we wanted to stop, we were embarrassed, we were ashamed, we were tired, we were exhausted, and we were tired of doing what is good. Yeah. We decided we're not. We're going to not give up. We're going to keep going. And the fruit since then has been amazing. And uh, it wasn't overnight. Our church has not exploded. Mm-mm. It's not like that first Sunday we had a million people and, you know, 300 people gave their lives to Jesus. We barely had any more than normal. We yep. really didn't even have that. But It snowed, actually. Yes, but We're, just the, the spirit was different. Oh, it was way different. And so 
our team rallied. Yeah. We had a breath, we had a fresh wind beneath our sails. And what God did in 2022 was miraculous. And we began to grow. And now we run like 80 ish. It's about an average, yeah. Um, and sometimes we'll bump up close to a hundred. Sometimes we'll be, if I can figure out how church attendance works, I'd be rich, but I haven't. Um, but our but church quadrupled really. Yeah. And, and we don't say that to like, because 80 is not impressive no. and we don't care. I don't like care. I love, our I have so much love for every single one of those 80 people. Like mm-hmm. I can't even put it into words. Uh-huh. It's just, it's a special season and I'm so grateful that we pushed through so that we could get here and feel the sweetness of this Mm -hmm. because if this had happened in September before that moment of having to push through I still wouldn't have been satisfied with 80 people Mm -hmm. I would have still been disappointed Mm -hmm. I would have been disappointed with anything less than 100 yeah or you know 120 yeah um and now what that season did was it taught us what our church is about, mm-hmm. our vision, our values, our you know, all those things, our strategy, and you know we our, our church uh, we're all about reaching people, connecting lives. That's what we do, and we've become expert connectors of people mm-hmm. when they come to our church, and they don't know that that's what our goal is. But every new person that comes to our church goes, I just feel so connected here. Like people are friendly. They love me. People want to be my friend. Yeah. Like, and that to me is the greatest thing of all time. And And, and when people feel connected, it gives them, it gives God an opportunity to work in their lives. mm -hmm. Like through the simple act of connecting people to people, God is connecting people to himself. And like the life change we're seeing is just, it's insane. Incredible. And I I think what would have happened if we hadn't pushed through? Like, Uh, Oh, I think of, (laughs) I can think of so many people at our church now that wouldn't have a relationship with Jesus. They wouldn't be thriving in their marriages. They wouldn't have come back to church. They wouldn't have come back. Um, and kids wouldn't have been saved. Like, oh yeah, we're baptizing a father and daughter on Sunday. Two kids. uh, And our daughter on Sunday. And I look back and I am so grateful to have just decided we're going to keep going. And, I, I feel like now I know that there's more moments coming that we're going to have to push through. So disappointing to know that. I know. But I, one of the pastors said all of the times I wanted to quit at this conference. All and the I times. Was, like, I know. What? I was like all the times I've already had my one time. Am I not done? Yeah. And I'm, they're coming. And yeah. I know that. Um, and there's there's been tough days even mm-hmm. last year and this year uh, with, you know, people leave. And that's I haven't figured out how to do that well. Um, and handle that well, but it's tough still, but it is so different now because I think what that did was it galvanized our calling Mm -hmm. to go, I am doing this. You don't have to kill me. There's no plan B. No, there's no plan B. And that, and, uh, and so now our church is great. We're, we, we are by f- uh, so far from perfect. It's not even funny, but there is a, there's a sense of peace and fulfillment that we have now. And it came from that moment of pushing through. And so I don't know what your story is. Um, I don't know what you're coming up against and, uh, if it's church related, um, I would, if, if I could say something to you, I would say memorize Galatians 6, 9 Mm -hmm. and just know that when you decide to push through, you are planting seeds and you are planting a seed right there. When you go, I know this is hard, but I'm going to persevere that a seed gets planted. And guess what? You're not going to see the fruit. You're not even going to see a sprout for a while. But when it begins to grow and you begin to harvest the fruit from that seed you planted in that moment, you're going to look back and you're going to go, I can't believe what God's done despite me. I can't believe how fun this is. I can't believe that ministry can be. I I can't believe the life change we're seeing. I can't believe. And so I look now and even on a, a week where we have 60 show up, which was is low for us. Yeah. Now, 
I am thrilled. Yep. I I see a person pulling that parking lot. I am like dancing out to meet him. Oh, this is the greatest. Mm -hmm. And that's the fruit from pushing through is uh, now. Am I satisfied with that? No, there are thousands of people that need Jesus where we live. And I want to I'm going. I want to go. I want to get them. But I can be content now. And still push for that, you know, as well. So I, I want to encourage you if you're at that point and you're like, this is hard. I want to stop. Count the cost of stopping. Mm-hmm. Like there's families that you don't know yet. There's marriages that you don't know yet. There are unborn children that you haven't met yet, that their families haven't met yet, that are on the other side of your yes. And I know that's crazy. I think of the babies that have been born last year at our church. Eight. Eight baby boys. All boys. And obviously... Children's ministry is in a rough spot in two years. Yes. It's going to be chaos. Uh, I, we weren't involved in the actual making of those no, babies. No, 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 no. But we prayed for them. Yep. And I look at that and I think like, okay, of course God could have done it and all that, but... Maybe it was because we prayed and I look at these marriages that are thriving right now and I, I can't take credit for that because uh, God does that work. But because we pushed through, we were able to have an environment, foster an environment yeah, that they could meet God. And uh, and I want you to not think about what you're seeing right now. I don't want you to think about. The circumstances you find yourself in with your church and how many in the attendance and the giving. I want you to think about that stuff that you can't see yet and do it for that and go, you know what? If I stop, we're not going to see that. If I stop, what if that doesn't happen? But if I but if I decide to push through, what could happen? You know, you have to count the costs. And um, and I'm really grateful that we had people in our corner that we could mm-hmm. call and they could go, you got up. this, don't stop. Um, and uh, Reeves and Keith and Carrie and Jen and, uh, you know, Benj- I think of Benjamin Tubbs. I'm sure I've vented you before Jeff Wells at ARC. My goodness, I have, I've been doom and gloom to him so many times. Our and overseers are so good. Our overseers. Uh, my my brotherhood group yeah. has heard me complain and moan and and all of them have said, "Come on, you can do this." Because it's not keep going because something good might happen. It's don't get tired of doing what is good for you will mm-hmm. reap a harvest. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. Most people win if they just don't stop. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so I, I want to encourage you with that. If you want to stop. Just don't. You got to push through. And if you need to talk to somebody, message us on Instagram. It's at Pushing Through Pod. I want to talk with you. If you need help, uh, there's places that you can go. And so I did this. uh, I'm just going to make this a a thing. And there are places where you can go that people have already paid for, for you to find rest, Mm -hmm. for you to be restored, for you to be around some pastors, for you to get mentorship, for you to meet the right people. Men and women. Yeah. And uh, the place that we found that is the retreat at Church Creek. And uh People sponsor pastors to go to these things. You just have to get there. Uh, and if you can drive, drive. If you have to fly, fly. Um, and it's worth it because it'll save you and your ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm convinced. And so, uh, and if that's something that you want to donate to, you can go to their website, Retreat at Church Creek, and uh, I'm sure sponsor some pastors there. And uh, But if you need to go to a place like that, I have information. I can point you in the right direction as well. But there are things in place to help you. Mm-hmm. Take them. Ask me. I'll, I will give you to the right person and we'll, we'll help you um, any way that we can. And so uh, anyway, do you have anything you want to say to maybe there's some ladies out there that need to push through that are having a tough time. We're getting a little close. Um, I would just say ladies or gentlemen, um, I think that Satan does a really good job of making us feel like we're the only person in the world who has ever experienced what we're experiencing. And I know that that kind of goes against what I said earlier. Like we're the only ones that's ever planted Oasis church. That's true. But like, we are not the only ones that have struggled and 
and it takes vulnerability to to say this is hard and is not what I expected for you to be able to find people in the same space. Mm-hmm. Because if people think that you're doing just fine and everything is fine and dandy, they're not going to be like, are you sure? Are you sure everything's okay? Like, what are you like? They might not do that. But when you're vulnerable and you're real with people and you open up and you say, this isn't what I thought it would be. I don't know what to do. That's where the freedom comes in, because Mm -hmm. that's when doors open and you can get connected with the right people who will be in your corner, who will support you Mm -hmm. while you are still doing the good thing. Yeah. And I'll leave us by saying this. Um, There's two books that I read that really helped me. One of them was Leadership Pain Mm -hmm. by Samuel Chand, I believe. And it is excellent. Read that book. The other one was Don't Quit in the Dip by Sean Nepstead. Um, And if you want either one of those books and you can't do it, message us Mm -hmm. on Instagram at Pushing Through Pod, or you can email me, Clint at oasistn.church. Um, and I will gift those books to you. And so if that's something that you want, something that you need, I'll, I, I would love to do that for you um, because I think they're really important. Don't Quit in the Dip is great because mm-hmm. uh, Sean, Pastor Sean's story is he shares some of it in there. It's really, really great. I hope to have him on here at some point. Um, and Samuel Chan's book is an amazing eye opener. It's a, that was a tough one because it's a kick in the teeth, but it's really, really eye opening and it'll really help you. So if you if you uh, if I could get those two for you, let me know. If not, buy them on Amazon yourself. Uh, but I'd love to help if I can. So, hey, thank you guys for listening to our story. Um, hope it's encouraging. I do. I, I hope it's encouraging. And there's a lot we left out, guys. Yeah. But that was just kind of our story. And uh, first episode down. Come on right here. Did it, baby. Um, and uh, that was so cheesy. If you could have seen us, that was a 90s sitcom high five. Right there. <laughs> we should have freeze frame right there. Um, but uh, anyway, if uh, you want to find us on Instagram, you can find me personally at Clint Lamberth on Instagram, on Facebook, all that stuff. Do you want to share yours or you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, isn't it? At Steph Lambert? I think so. Yeah, I think that's all it is. You can find her from me. Yeah. Our church is oasistn.church all over uh, the website, Instagram, all that stuff is the same. Um, And then this uh, Instagram is at pushing through pod on Instagram. Follow us. And one thing you can do that would really help us, especially, I I hope 100 people listen to this first episode the first week. That's my goal. It's awesome. It could be five. I have no idea. But if you share this, I would be so grateful. So share it, but also supporting it by rating it, reviewing it, and subscribing to it anywhere you get your podcasts. It helps the show a ton get out there and to get more exposure. So um, if you don't mind filling or doing those things for us, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, and then share it on your socials, that would be, I'd be so grateful. And it would help spread the word and help some pastors get the help that they need, some encouragement so that they can push through as well. But man, love you, baby. Great job. And I love all of you guys listening. And if you need anything, reach out to us on Instagram. We'd love to help you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.